We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Money Pit is presented by Wagner Sprayers, D'Angie App, RoofMax, Pavestone, and DAP. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you get ready to spend some quality time inside and outside your newly remodeled house. Because we know... You have projects, right? We've been hearing lots about projects throughout the entire spring. We know you're thinking about sprucing up outdoor spaces. We know you're thinking about maybe sprucing up your kitchen, your bathroom, all the most popular projects. Maybe you got a roof issue you're dealing with, thinking about some new windows or doors. Whatever's on your to-do list, we are here to help you get those projects done. So if you need a hand, if you need a recommendation, if you need to know how to get out of someplace you got yourself stuck in, reach out to us and we will do just that. Two ways to do that. You can most easily go to moneypit.com slash ask. That's moneypit.com slash ask. Click the blue microphone button, tell us your question, and it is the quickest way to get a response from us. Or you can call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT-888-666-3974. Coming up on today's show, you might be ready for summer, but is your outdoor living space also ready? Before you shift into full summertime mode, we've got a pre-summer checklist to make sure your house is as ready as you are for the sunshine ahead. And a stepping stone path can be a beautiful addition to your yard or your garden. But while it might seem that you can just plop down a few stones and be done with it, it's really not that easy. I mean, it's not a difficult project, but you can't just go ahead and be like, boops, we're done. So we're going to walk you through this summer weekend project. Well, by the time most of us spot a roof leak, the water is usually dripping through a ceiling somewhere and quite often a light fixture. But those roof leaks actually start forming a lot earlier than that. So we're going to share how to catch leaks in the making just ahead. All right, that's exciting. But first, guys, what's on your to-do list? You know, we want to help you create your best home ever. So give us a call, reach out how you like with your home improvement questions so that we can lend a hand and help you get everything done. I mean, we're in June, guys. It's almost summer. It's like really summertime. So let's get enjoying our houses and get all of those projects done so we can really just relax. Well, maybe for just one weekend. Go to moneypit.com slash ask and record your question. Just click the blue microphone button and we will get back to you with the answer. The number here also is one eight 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 money But Either way, we are here to help you get those jobs done. We've got Sean from Vermont calling in about painting siding. What's going on at your place? Hi, I'm just trying to find out the best uh, way to paint T111 siding. So my first question is, do you want to paint it or do you want to stain it? I would like to paint it. Prep is really key, right? So you want to make sure that it's properly clean. And the second to, second thing is to make sure you're using a very good quality 
primer. Now, I personally prefer solvent-based primers when I can get them because I find that they have better adhesion than water-based primers. But primer is really going to be important. It's really the most important layer, even in some respects more important than the paint, because if you don't get the primer right, that paint's going to have a very short life. And once the primer is on and attached and well-dried and adhered properly, then you could use a top coat paint. Because it's a, a textured siding, I think that you'll find that this is a difficult project. Well, it's not maybe as difficult as some types of siding, but it would be a good project for a paint sprayer if you had one, like one of the Wagner paint sprayers if you want to do it yourself. But I guess you could do it with a roller and a brush, except that you're going to be using the roller on the face boards and the wider part, and you're going to have to brush every groove. What you really want to do is make sure you get a good layer and an even layer, and that's something that you can do more, you have more control over with a paint sprayer than you would by, by doing it by hand. But remember, prep is really key, followed by primer, followed by the top coat, and then you can choose how you want to apply it, either brushing it and rolling it or Pick up a paint sprayer, which are not, by the way, all that expensive, and they work pretty darn well. I've been using them on fences around my house. I had heard the advertisement about the Wagner that you guys were talking about. That's why I, I thought to call you and see if that would be the best thing. That's a great point, and I do think that's a good option for you. Awesome. I will have to look into one of those. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Now we've got Tracy in Hawaii who needs some help with a sliding door situation. What's going on? The slider door's got, like, you know, it's, it's got grit in it. And I had sprayed it with something that was on sale. I don't remember because I got rid of it. But it it's like real It hardened whatever it was. And it's very hard to, I want to, if I can find something to loosen it. And then what should I use on it that won't harden, you know, when I spray it to make it easy? Well, first of all, what I would do is I would get a really stiff brush. And I would try to, I would brush those tracks to try to loosen up all of that uh, gunk that's there and then, you know, get a vacuum to kind of suck it out of there so you can kind of get the loose dirt out, the junk out of there. And then what I would spray it with is white lithium grease. It comes in a can just like uh, WD-40, but it's not. It's a little thicker and it stays around longer. And another thing that you can think about doing is if you can take the door out of the tracks... It makes the whole thing easier, but it's a bit of a tricky job because it depends on how your door is built, but generally you can lift it right out of the track. It'll make the whole thing easier to handle. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Good luck with that project, Tracy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Scott in Illinois, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I put in a wood deck uh, about a year ago. It's treated lumber, cedar, I think. And the lumber yard or the mill, they stamp it with like their stamp that tells the grade or the manufacturer, whatever it is. And I want to stain it with like a transparent stain. So I want to figure out how to get that off of there. I've tried power washing it, but that doesn't do any good. No, you have to sand it. It's it's in the it's in the, the grain of the wood, so you'd have to sand it out. And you can do that without affecting it because the pressure treatment goes throughout the entire wood, but it'll be a slightly lighter color. But why are you going to go with clear? Why not use a semi-transparent or a solid color stain so that looks more weathered yeah i mean you could you can do that i will tell you the difference between semi-transparent and and solid color is probably about five years of longevity because the solid color just lasts a lot longer because it's got more uh pigment in it is that right okay so a solid color will last 10 years long long yeah yeah I, i think so i think that's fair and by the way you won't have to worry about that stain because it'll just go right on top of it Yeah, okay. Easy. That's what we try to do, Scott. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money. But occasionally, there actually is an easy solution. Hey, are you a fan of our podcast? 
Well, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll be doing a happy dance. Plus, it helps us keep the show going and growing. Just go to moneypit.com slash review. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. You know, if you've got a project that needs caulk, trying to pick the right caulk is always a bit of a challenge. But today, we've got a supply of all the right caulk products to send to one lucky listener. We're giving away DAP's Advanced Hybrid Sealants. We've got a six-pack worth about 60 bucks. Now, these new sealants totally outperform silicone in key areas like paintability and my favorite, wet surface application, because, man, can that slow you down when you get rain. There's four different types to cover all of the caulking projects in your home, including the kitchen and bath hybrid sealant, which is good for tubs, sinks, showers, and toilets. The products are backed by a lifetime guarantee. Each sealant goes for $9.98, but we've got a set of six to give away worth 60 bucks. Going out to one lucky listener. To make that you, we need to hear from you with a question. The number here is 888-MONEYPIT, or go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. Now we've got Laurel from Louisiana on the line with help with a tiling project. How can we help you today? Um, My husband and I are building a new house right now, and we're putting ceramic tile in the living room and the kitchen. And it's not going to be sealed, so we were wondering what was the best kind of sealant to put on that ceramic tile. What kind of tile are you using that's not sealed? Are you trying to say that's not glazed? Um, No, it was glazed, but I was told that you need to put a sealant over it to make the tile last longer. No, not true. The glazing is plenty tough enough to protect the tile. What What The sealant usually refers to the grout. And if you seal the grout, it can help keep it cleaner and repel water and the grout sealants are silicone based so as long as you use a good grout sealant and the the time to do this is before you move in you know because once you move in you start grinding some dirt in that tile it becomes a lot harder to maintain but if you seal the grout right after the tile is installed that's the best time to do it what would be the best kind to use Uh, a silicone one a silicone based grout sealant is what you're looking for Mm, and you want to look for one that, you know, applies in a manner that you're comfortable with. Like if you're doing a smaller grout line, you would look for one that almost looks like an, a nail polish brush or like a rolling foam wheel. With a floor tile, you know, you could be looking at a quarter inch to a half an inch grout line. So that's easier to apply. But, you know, you want to make sure you have something that you feel comfortable applying strictly to the grouted areas. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome, Laurel. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mark in South Carolina is on the line and needs some help defining different types of insulation. Tell us what's going on. I've put some icing in my house, and then I 
heard uh, someone say that closed cell was better, and then I've heard that open cell was better. Could you explain to me the advantages and disadvantages of, of for my home now, um, choosing either closed cell or open cell insulation? What type of isolating did you put in? Is it open cell insulation? Um, yes, it was open cell. You know, there's a lot of debate as to which one is better, and I think that both have good qualities. You know, open cell has a good insulating value. It's um, more susceptible to moisture than closed cell, but it still it still gives you the benefit of being not only an insulator but an air barrier. So it protects you against drafts that are going to try to get into the house. The other advantage of open cell is it has better sound absorption qualities. So it's a little bit of a quieter house. And it tends to be more economical to apply. So I don't think you made a bad choice, and Icenine is a good product. Okay. What would be a reason I would, would choose closed cell? That's a good question. I would say that if you were in a very high moisture area, like Seaside, then you may want to consider closed cell. All right. Well, you guys have a great show. Thank you for your time and your help. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, summer may mean vacation time for you, but it doesn't mean time off from home maintenance. I mean, particularly if you want to make your home more enjoyable when you've got family and friends over for those summer barbecues. So here are four easy-to-dos that are going to help you get your house ready for a season of summertime fun. First of all, you want to set that lawn up for success. Now, the warm weather season is all about being outdoors. So watering and mowing your lawn and taking care of general yard cleanup is a priority. I mean, in general, you're going to want to water two or three times a week and cut your grass to about two and a half to three inches high to keep it healthy. If you have a sprinkler system, you want to check those sprinkler heads and make sure that they're working and that they're aimed correctly. And smart sprinklers can actually help by automatically adjusting your watering based on the weather. And it can all happen even while you're away on vacation. Next, think about stepping up your deck. You want to repair or replace any damaged floorboards on your deck or your porch and keep it looking fresh by using cleaners or a pressure washer to give your wood surfaces a fresh coat of stain and seal it at least every couple of years. Now, the same goes for any fencing around your property. You're going to want to repair, replace, and maintain any sections of fence or posts that need attention or maybe any sections that are leaning. And if the sections have settled, if they're sitting too close to the ground, undercut them so you maintain a three- to four-inch clearance. This is going to help prevent those wood bores from rotting away or attracting wood-destroying insects. Yeah, now don't forget about your ceiling fan. If you're lucky enough to have a summer room with a ceiling fan, now is the time to clean those blades. You want to dust off the top of the blades so that they're not spreading around all that dust and pollen. And you want to make sure that the blades are tilted in the right direction to give you a cooling airflow. Now, most ceiling fans have a small reversing switch on the side of that motor. It's really little, but you can see it. And that's going to change the blade direction, and you do so every season. You know, one for the warm months, one for the cool months. And last, let's talk about bugs. Unfortunately, summertime also brings summer pests. You want to try to eliminate any standing water in your yard where pesky mosquitoes may breed. Clean out those gutters and downspouts so they won't clog or create any pools of water. And in addition to eliminating standing water around your property and protecting yourself with mosquito repellent, you can also disrupt that mosquito life cycle using a mosquito trap. Like we use Dynatrap around here, which is pretty cool. We plug it in the spring, we unplug it in the fall, and it definitely reduces the number of mosquitoes. In fact, you know, we rarely get bites now in the summer because of this thing. And if you've got a screened-in porch, now's the time to check for holes 
or tears in those screens to keep out any bugs and insects. So look, you could spend a weekend just kind of going around and taking care of all of these little fix-ups, and then you'll be good to enjoy that space for the entire summer season. Now we're heading on over to Kansas where Russ has a roofing question. What can we do for you? Okay, I've got a, a farm that I bought eight years ago, and on the farm is a very large, very old barn. Um, a matter of fact, uh, the loft is large enough that... Uh, you could probably fit a regulation-sized basketball court inside of it. Um, according to the graffiti inside the barn, it was built in either 34 or 38. Um, and it was done originally with cedar shake shingles with uh, one before stringers, what, about every four inches or, or about a three-and-a-half-inch spacing yep, between I, them. I know the construction well. Okay. And as you know, those cedar shingles are not going to be in very good condition as of this point. Um, so I know I'm going to have to go up there. Uh, try to figure out a safe way to work up there so I can remove the cedar shingles so I can prep it to go back with probably a metal roof. The question is, uh, you know, I'll have to screw the roof down, but the question is, is am I, will I be able to go directly with the one befores with the metal roofing, or would I be better off um, nailing everything fully and putting down uh, some plywood or, or OXP? Well, I think that a good roofer could uh, work with the one-by furring strips that are up there right now because, frankly, that's the way metal roof was originally put down. It wasn't put down in solid sheathing. It was put down on strips just like that. So I, I think that that's a, a fine option for you. I don't think you need to do the sheathing in this particular case. If you were going to put down asphalt shingles, I'd say you need to sheathe it. But for metal roof, you may have to do some additional carpentry to get the strips you know, where you want them to make the seams on the roof and so on. But I don't see a reason for you to sheathe this barn. I think the metal can go right on top of that. Okay, so to patch the, uh, the rotted uh, one-befores and uh, maybe put in somewhere where uh, seams are and uh, we should be good that way? Absolutely. Okay. Um, do you have any suggestions on how to safely work on a 45-degree pitch? Yeah, call a roofer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a do-it-yourself project. I mean, that's a really high-end project, and if you do it every day, you have all the appropriate safety gear and scaffolding and skill set to be able to work on that. That's a very dangerous place to try out your do-it-yourself skills. Because handling those big sheets up there, you get a wind gust, and uh, you know you start flying off the roof. Those medical bills add up very quickly. So I would, uh, I would definitely recommend that that you have a professional do this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. 
and its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Pam in Missouri's on the line has a question about installing a dimmer, a great do-it-yourself project. How can we help you, Pam? I have a room that has fluorescent lighting in it, and there's two entries into that room. So there's a light switch on each door, so it's a two-way switch. Can I put a sensor on that so that when you walk in and walk out, the lights come on and go off? Are you asking me if you can? Can you put a sensor on that? Yes. Is your concern that you want the lights to come on automatically, or is your concern that you don't want people to leave the lights on when no one's in the room? Both. Well, I guess you could use an occupancy sensor switch there, but you would need to set it in vacancy mode, not occupancy mode. See, in occupancy mode, the light comes on when there's motion. So if you had a three-way, what could happen is you walk in the room, the switch closest to you picks up your motion, turns the lights on. You continue halfway through the room till the one on the other side picks it up and turns the lights off. So that wouldn't work too well. A better option might be to just replace one side of it, just one of the switches, with an occupancy sensor, but set it in what's called the vacancy mode. So what that means is you manually turn the light switch on, but if there's no motion in the room, it will automatically go off. So we use these, for example, in the bedrooms upstairs at our house because kids turn lights on, but as as we all know, kids don't turn the lights off. So if you set it in the vacancy mode, they can turn the lights on, then they'll go off depending on the period of monitoring you set. They'll either go off 1, 5, 15, or 30 minutes later. Oh, okay. All right. That would work. Thank you. Hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Nels in Oregon, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I've got a problem with flies. We have three heat pumps in the house, 
and uh, it takes in the air at the base of the windows, and every year we get flies that come up out of those return ducts. There's electronic filters down there, and I can't imagine where they're coming from. Or Well, they may be nesting in the house, and they're birthing themselves right into existence. And the reason they're probably hanging out around the return ducts is because that's where air gets drawn into the furnace, and they might this might be part of that, that airflow. I can't really diagnose exactly what you need to do to get rid of those, uh, but I, I do know somebody that can, and if you go to the... Uh, Orkin website, you know, our show expert is a guy named Greg Bauman, who I've known for many years. He used to be uh, the expert for the National Pest Management Association. Now he's the director of training for Orkin. They have an expert section on their website, and if you post that question there and maybe even put a photo of the flies, I'm sure that you'll be able to get to the bottom of it very quickly. Great. Okie dokie. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, a stepping stone path really is a beautiful addition to your yard or even your garden. But while it seems like a project that you can just, you know, throw around a few stones and you're done with it, it's actually not that easy. Well, absolutely. In fact, this is a project that requires just as much care and work as even a full paver patio because it really comes down to planning ahead and properly preparing the base that the stones are going to sit on. Yeah. Now, in a way, it's kind of like building a bunch of smaller paver patios because you want the grass to grow between those steps, right? Well, yeah, exactly. So the first step is to really set the stones at a comfortable distance from each other. So this is going to take into account kind of your stride and what's going to be most comfortable in the size of the stones that you use. Then you just cut the side or the grass around the outside perimeter of each stone. And once that's done, you can flip the pavers out of the way and then cut that side outline out completely and dig down along the edge. Now, the depth is important. It should be the stone's thickness plus about an inch and a half because that's the thickness of the stone bed you'll need underneath the paver. Now, to create that stone bed, you just mix stone dust with water in a wheelbarrow. Then you fill that base where you cut out the grass to fill in that extra inch and a half you dug out. And then lastly, you put that stone back into place. Now, once you set it, you're going to maybe pound it with a rubber mallet to eliminate any air pockets and get it to kind of sit down just right. And those stones should stay right where you left them for years and years to come. Just don't skip that step of creating the base or you're going to see a stone that settles and becomes a tripping hazard. But by taking that one extra step, this is going to be something that's really going to stand up for the long haul. You know what I saw recently? A really nice project for a stone path where every year you take a a foot cast of your children, like one year's the right foot, one year's the left foot, and you kind of alternate every year and you replace the stones on your pathway year after year. And when the kids are grown, you kind of have this like beautiful storytelling line of their growth. Like it was such a nice idea. And especially on Father's Day. Yeah. So so basically they start as little footprints and as, and as the path extends, they become bigger footprints as they grow up. Heather in Texas is dealing with a mold situation. Tell us what's going on. Um, well, I have like black spots in my restroom and I'm not sure if that's mold and I would like to know how can you fix it. Without seeing it, I can't tell you, but if they're black spots, it probably is mold. And where are these spots? Is it on the wall? Shower curtain, tile, where? Ceiling? In the wall. On the wall. Do you have uh, wallpaper on the wall? No. What you might want to do is mix up a bleach and water solution, about 10 to 15% bleach and the rest water. Spray it on those spots, let it sit for a bit of time, and then wipe it down with fresh water. So if there if there is mold there, that will kill it. The reason we usually get mold in bathrooms is because they're wet and damp all the time. A couple of things that you can do there is, do you have a bath exhaust fan in this room? No. Well, 
you should have one. And this is one of the reasons you should have one, because it will draw air out of that room when it gets damp, especially if you hook it up to a humidistat, so it's only running when there's moisture in the room. If you don't have that, then the only thing that you can do is just get into the practice of wiping down walls or, or using a squeegee to you know, wipe most of the water off the, the bath, shower walls, that sort of thing, every single time and leaving the door open. But if you don't have a bath exhaust fan, you're always going to be fighting this. When you do repaint next time, make sure you use a paint that has a mildicide built into it because that can also further reduce the chance of, of developing mold. Okay, Heather? Okay, thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, here's a reason to reach out to Team Money Pit. We've got up for grabs a supply of DAP's Advanced Hybrid Sealants. Now, this is worth 60 bucks, and the new sealants outperform silicone in key areas like paintability. Tom loves that wet surface application, but also you're going to get crystal clear clarity once it's dry. So it's really the best performing out there. Now, there's four different types to cover all of your caulking projects, window door and siding sealants, kitchen and bath. I mean, something for every area, even cement. So it's definitely great. It's backed by a lifetime guarantee. The tubes themselves go for nine ninety eight, but we've got a set of six worth sixty bucks. Going out to one listener drawn at random. Very handy thing to have around. There's always a caulking project to do. So give us a call right now. The number here is one eight 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 Money Pit. If you do, we'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat, and you might just win yourself a supply of caulk. Sherilyn, Virginia, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have a cement porch. Uh, the house was built uh, nineteen eighty one, and it has a cement front porch to it. And it along the edges of the porch, it's cracking and crumbling like off. And okay. then in one portion of the porch, it actually has a, you know, water stand there because it's a dip. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if there's a economical way I could fix that to make this porch last a little bit longer. Yeah, and there's a couple of things that you could do. You could either resurface the whole porch surface or um, you could mix up a recipe of quickcrete products that could be used to patch uh, those badly chipped or spalled areas. Now, <clears throat> the key here is that you just can't buy a cement mix in the bag, mix it up, and be done. Because when you're trying to adhere new concrete to old concrete, you need to use products that are designed to make that bond possible. So if you go to quickcrete.com, you look at the listings for projects, there are actually one-sheets there that give you the step-by-step for repairing badly damaged concrete. There's also a one-sheet for resurfacing concrete. And I think one of those two applications and the products they recommend there are going to work. It is a do-it-yourself project, and uh, it's not terribly expensive. The products are very affordable, and the instructions are there, too. But make sure you follow them. It's like mixing a recipe. You can't leave out, uh, you know, one item or it's just not going to come out right. Okay. And then now, as far as along those edges, that we have to probably build up a sidewall. You could mix it up to a consistency where you could trowel it and reform the edge. Oh, okay. Cool. com. Thank you so much. Well, by the time most of us spot a roof leak, that water is actually dripping through a ceiling somewhere. But roof leaks actually start forming a lot earlier than you seeing that water coming in the house. We're going to share how you can catch the leaks in the making in today's roof review tip presented by RoofMax. Now, there's a lot of ways that roof leaks can form, but the vast majority of these leaks happen at points where roof sections intersect. So this is where the roof gets the most movement, I mean, in terms of expansion and contraction, and then that movement definitely is what leads to a leak. 
Yeah, and here are some good examples. First, let's talk about roof valleys. Now, this is where different sections of your roof come together. They typically form a V, and this happens. It's going to either have metal flashing that lays at the bottom of that V, or the shingles are going to overlap and sort of lock together. But because this is an area where water collects on its way down to your gutters, and it's an intersection of two big sections, we will frequently find that leaks form when that flashing wears out or the shingles crack from all of that movement. Now, another place is plumbing vents. I mean, have you ever noticed how many of these pipes are sticking out of your roof? Those are all plumbing vents, and they share a very common form of rubber-sealed flashing boot that kind of goes over the vent and then under the shingles. Now, the problem is that that rubber seal does wear out from exposure to sunlight, and then it's going to leak. And that's usually showing up in your bathroom or your kitchen ceilings just below where that pipe breaks through the roof. And finally, let's talk about chimneys. Now, if you've got a brick chimney that goes through the roof, the flashing system is made up of two parts, which we call flashing and then counter flashing. They form a sort of sliding joint that allows for normal movement of the chimney due to wind. Now, unfortunately, when these flashing systems leak, lazy repairs are common, like just slapping on some roof cement on top of the whole thing instead of properly rebuilding that original flashing. Yeah, and now all of these situations can cause big roof leaks, but they're easy for a pro to spot early before it's happening. Companies like RoofMax offer a maintenance package that's going to focus on the most leak-prone areas of your roof, and RoofMax's experts are going to inspect your roof and then make minor repairs to the most common issues, and that's all going to help protect your home. And that's today's roof review tip presented by RoofMax. A RoofMax treatment restores flexibility and waterproofing protection of aging asphalt shingle roofs, extending life by as much as 15 years. RoofMax treatments come with a five-year flexibility guarantee and is purchased through a nationwide network of factory-trained and certified dealers who also apply the treatment. Learn more at RoofMax.com. That's RoofMaxx.com. Lisa wrote into Team Money Pit about moles invading, showing up, Hanging around the yard? Well, they're in our garden. I'm just imagining that they're everywhere. So Lisa writes, what can I do to get rid of them? I don't want to use any kind of pesticide because we're growing vegetables. So what do we do? Moles? They're cute. But I don't they're... even know if they're cute, but they really tear up a lawn. <laughs> they I mean, do. We had them for a couple of years, and then they went away, but we always treat for them. We use grub control to treat for them, and, and the grub control basically eliminates the grubs in the lawn, which is like you know the filet mignons for, for moles. They love eating them. So when you get rid of the grubs, you get rid of the moles. But when it comes to a garden, you have to be oh so careful about any pesticides, obviously. So what you might want to use is a natural pesticide-free way to evict them, and and that is to add nematodes. Now, nematodes are these tiny little insects that will eat grubs. So once the grubs are gone, the moles go elsewhere. And the moles don't like them? They do not like them. Well, the thing is, the nematodes are like tiny. They're like microscopic. Like you get like, you know, if you go to the post office and you get like the tiniest little bag that has like two stamps in it, well, that would be like 5 million nematodes <laughs> when you get these. They come, when you order them, they come cold. Uh, refrigerated, and then you have to mix them with water and you spray the garden. And we've done it, and it's worked really, really well in those years that we've had uh, a mold problem around the house. So that's the way that you deal with moles that are in the garden. If they're in the lawn, you can use the grub uh, control products, but when they're in the garden, you got to be a lot more careful. All right. Hope that helps you, Lisa. Now we've got Denise Roden saying, I'd like to update and refresh my kitchen. My cabinets are in good shape, but the doors don't match on three of them. Can I just buy replacement doors for those cabinets? Well, I don't know what you think, but understanding that temptation to replace just those three unmatched doors um, is a challenge. 
I think it might be a better option to replace all the doors. I doubt they're going to be able to find like the exact door that you have there. And I don't know how mismatched the one is that you have or the three are that you have now. But the other option is to think about painting your cabinets because, you know, those painted kitchen cabinets, that's like a thing today, right, Leslie? I mean, more people are going oh, for yeah. the paint look than they are for the wood look than ever before. So if you were ever were thinking about painting your kitchen cabinets, now's the time to do it because it really is quite stylish. Yeah, I mean, I would say if they're mismatched because of the style then for sure replace those and then think about doing a uniform finish all over them, whether that's, you know, restaining all of them to match or painting all of them. But either way, like once the doors match in style, you know, framework style, shaker, whatever it is, as long as they look the same, then let's talk about what they can look like. And I do love a painted cabinet. And I'm telling you, we didn't redo our kitchen a couple of years ago. We painted all the cabinets. I had it done by a pro. They were sprayed. They really did a great job. They are standing up and it looks so different and so improved and the space feels bigger and brighter. And it wasn't that big of a project. I mean, yes, we had to empty everything out. Yes, things were labeled, but the pro did it. They came out beautiful. They put them all back together. But it is a DIY project if you're up for it, and they really can come out great. Yeah, I totally agree. Definitely a project you can do yourself. And, you know, the way to do that is to take all the doors off, take the drawers out, work on it one piece at a time, and you're just going to love the result. And then even add new hardware, and you're going to just be blown away. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show, and we so appreciate you joining us on this beautiful Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the dads and the dad characters that are out there amongst us. We know you give so much to your families, and we so appreciate the opportunity to help you with those projects that you're tackling all year long. Until we talk again, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.